Chapter 4 At Your Service Being the smartest kid in class, Carlos had figured out that the animal you found in the closet could kind of turn out to be a problem if you had a problem, like being a cowboy snob like Tashala or an interpreter like Eric. But Carlos couldn't think of any problem with being smart. He couldn't wait to get picked and to figure out what his animal would be. He figured it would be something super clever. Today, Miss Blum was showing them how to tie a turban. First, you put the end of the cloth in your in your mouth, she said, biting onto the end of the long piece of orange, orange cloth. Then you whap it around. Then Ms. Plum sniffled and asked, Who can't get me some Kleenex? Carlos' hand shut up, but Ms. Plum p- picked Dharma. Dharma, who hadn't even raised her hand, who never raised her hand. She was almost as quiet as Jovi, who was from Africa, didn't speak English very well. Dharma was so messy and clumsy. She was always getting glue in her hair and mud in her shoes and bug bites on her hands that she scratched until they became scabby. But Ms. Plum looked right past Carlos's waving, wriggling hand and nodded to her. Dharma, could you please? Dharma blushed so hard she had tears in her eyes. She stood up hesitantly and knocked over her chair. Sorry, she said, quickly setting the chair back and patting it. Then she tripped on her shoe strap. Sorry, she mumbled. At last, Dharma made it to the closet. She was gone a long time. Ms. Plum continued with her lesson on turban wrapping, and it was really hard to pay attention. Although, everyone wanted to to wear a turban, as Ms. Plum had promised they could, as they kept wondering what was taking Dharma so long. Finally, Dharma poked her head out and said, I can't find the Kleenex. Then she looked down and said, Oh, a squad of bright-eyed squirrels strode from the closet, walking on their hind legs, carrying the Kleenex box above their heads, like a bunch of servants carrying Cleopatra on her throne. They marched the Kleenex over to Ms. Plum's desk. Ms. Plum put the final tuck into her turban and looked down at the squirrels. Why, thank you, squirrels, she said, giving Dharma a kindly look. Very nice, dear. Very nice indeed. Dharma didn't quite know what Ms. Plum was talking about, but still it made her feel good. The squirrels scurried to Dharma's desk, apparently to await further orders. Dharma stumbled back to her chair. She placed her hands neatly in front of her to show that she was listening to Ms. Plum and to get the other kids to stop staring. The squirrels took one look at her ragged fingernails and disappeared into the closet with flicks of their tails and re-emerged with nail clippers, a nail file, and a bottle of soft pink nail polish. While Ms. Plum strode about the room in her turban, telling them about India, Dharma got a lovely manicure. Hey, can I have one of those? Mindy whispered across the aisle. Mindy had never said anything to Dharma before. Dharma tried shooting the squirrels in Mindy's direction, but they just perched on the edge of Dharma's desk, their bright eyes shining at her, eager smiles on their faces, tails wagging at attention. Dharma looked, took the bottle of nail polish and set it next to Mindy. One of the squirrels leapt onto Mindy's desk and whisked the bottle of polish away. Yipes, cried Mindy. Sorry, said Dharma, nervously picking her new manicures. 
The squirrels marched back to the closet with the manicure stuff, and after a moment they came out with excess assorted candies, including a giant bag of chocolate kisses. They hauled it all over to Dharma. You have to share those, said Becky O. Sorry, said Dharma. She tried passing out kisses to the class, but the squirrels grabbed them and scurried back and scurried everyone back to her. The kisses sat in a big foil wrapper pile in front of her. The squirrels stared at her expectantly. One of them held up a kiss for her in its little paw. When she didn't take it, they all bent their heads, drooped their tails, and looked horribly sad. For the first time ever, Dharma raised her hand. Yes, Dharma, said Ms. Plum. Is it okay if I eat the candy, she asked, nodding at a sorrowful squirrel. Certainly, dear, said Ms. Plum. I think it would be the kind thing to do. So Dharma ate one kiss. The squirrel still looked sad, so she ate two. The squirrel still looked sad, so Darba had to eat 15 chocolate kisses, five caramels, and a bag of M&Ms before they began beaming again. Sorry, Dharma kept saying with each bite. Sorry, she gave a little burp. Then the squirrels really got serious. They organized Dharma's binder. They buffed her shoes with their tails. They combed her hair with their cunning little paws. They sharpened her pencils. They couldn't do enough for her. How come she gets all this cool stuff done for her? Complained Becky O. Ms. Plum looked thoughtfully thoughtful. Maybe our Dharma is cool, she finally said. The kids all stared at Dharma. Miss Scabby Bug Bites was cool? Dharma shrugged sheepishly and kept saying, sorry, but she didn't look that sorry. In fact, she looked quite pleased at the way the squirrels had arranged her hair. <laughs> When Dharma had to leave after school, the squirrels clung to her ankles and made pitiful whining sounds. One desperately tried to polish her shoes, even as she stepped out the door. Thank you so much, she said, turning back. The squirrel stood in line at the door, but I really have to get home. The squirrel all gave her a, all gave a tremendous mutual sigh. The next morning, the squirrels were gone. They had tidied up Dharma's desk, spell-checked her essay on Taj Mahal, and left a pile of pink bubblegum. You're so lucky, gushed Emiko. I wish had I had a bunch of squirrel helpers, said Becky O. Want some gum? said Dharma shyly. The girls nodded. Me too, asked Mindy. Dharma handed them each a piece of gum. I like your new shirt, said Mindy. I made it myself, said Dharma. I wish I could sew, said Mindy. Well, one sleeve is kind of on backward. Oh, I thought that was a cool new style. Pink's my favorite color, asked Mindy added, snapping her gum. What's yours? Blue, said Dharma, blushing and pointing the toes of her almost shiny shoes. Then she looked up at Ms. Plum and smiled like the sun. Carlos thought if he could just figure out the rules, he could get chosen for the supply closet. So the night after Dharma got the squirrels, Carlos wrote down what he knew so far. Animals came only from the closet. No one was able to talk about the animals outside Ms. Plum's room. The animals couldn't leave the classroom, he was pretty sure. The animals disappeared the next day. Sir Prancelot had been gone the next morning, and so had the squirrels. It helped if you were pathetic or loudmouth or had some kind of problem. This was the most important rule, and that obviously was the trouble. 
Carlos needed to be much less amazing and wonderful than he was. So the next day, Carlos started throwing eraser bits at the back of Brad's neck. It took Brad a while to figure out what was happening, but when he did, he glared at Carlos so hard that Carlos began to worry about what might happen at recess. Besides, he started to wonder what kind of animal a class pest would find. Probably a giant cockroach. He figured if he wanted a good animal, it was better to be someone people felt sorry for, like Dharma. Well, like Dharma used to be. The next morning, Carlos wore his old pants from second grade. They were too short and had holes in the knees. Hey, your baby brother called. He wants his pants back, said Brad. Where's the flood high pants, said Becky O. She and Brad high-fived each other, just as he, he had hoped. Kids were being mean to him. When Carlos sat down, he could barely breathe. His pants were so tight. By lunchtime, his legs were numb. He was really uncomfortable pretending to be poor and sad. And Ms. Plum never even noticed how pitiful he was anyway. Then he remembered Mindy. She had done a good deed and gotten that neat horse. Carlos did good deeds all the following day. He picked up dropped pencils, opened doors, and let Eric cut in front of him at the line at lunch. He even tried to get Jeremy to laugh by telling him a joke, but Jeremy just stared at him. Still, it was the thought that counted, right? Carlos looked hopefully at Ms. Plum. She smiled warmly at him, but that was all. No one was asked to go to the supply closet that day or for the next two weeks, long after Carlos had become tired of doing good deeds. So now he knew rule number six. You couldn't predict when or why or what would happen with the closet. All he could do was wait and wait and wait. Then Carlos had an awful thought. What if Ms. Plum never picked him? Now, no, that wasn't even possible, was it?